This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the BSFM's podcast. On this show, we invite industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Alex Ricci, Product Manager, Privacy and Data at Ad Colony. Alex, welcome to the BSFM's podcast. Hi, Art. Thanks so much for having me on. Really excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you for coming. So take a pause and think about what a smartphone what is this device that is sitting in your pocket right now? Because you have this thing for years in your life and you take it for granted, I bet you're unfully aware of what data is being collected about you by multiple companies, the apps you're using. Now, if you're not only an app user, but you're an app publisher, it means you have to be responsible about how you collect that data. In today's episode, we want to talk about the situation with privacy and personal data in mobile. To have this conversation, we have Alex, who has an expertise in this area, working at Ad Colony. But before diving into all of these topics, let's talk about you, Alex. Tell us about yourself, please. Absolutely. I'm the product manager of privacy at Ad Colony. I got my start in the sphere of advertising straight out of college, doing consulting, working for brands, helping them manage and navigate you know, the ever-nebulous MarTech stack. I did that for a couple of years before taking on a more technical role in solution architecture. And it was kind of in that position that I really got to get my feet wet and, and discover my passion for privacy and helping measurement marketing providers design and kind of manage the mechanisms for privacy compliance, both from an industry perspective and as well as a legal perspective. Um, so that brings us to today, right? Um, I do want to mention at the beginning of this podcast that I'm not a lawyer, um, and I want to be clear that you know nothing that I'm talking about should probably be construed as legal advice. Rather, my role uh, as a product manager is that of a translator and a planner. I translate the communication between lawyers, engineers, and business stakeholders, um, all three of which speak a very different version of English. And then I plan our product roadmap to anticipate and adhere to the privacy needs of the industry, um, legal frameworks, and and consumers. And, you know, I got to tell you, there's no better time than right now to be working in privacy. GDPR is in full effect, which I'm sure we'll talk about today. CCPA, the California Consumer Privacy Act, just went into enforcement earlier this month. And Apple also just announced upcoming changes to iOS 14, which has some very relevant privacy-related changes. So it's a really exciting time to be working in and discussing privacy. Yeah, absolutely, Alex. You're right on spot with that. This is one of the paramount points that actually, you know, popping up in my mind whenever I listen to new podcasts that are discussing this topic and what's going on in the industry. So now... Can you give us a quick sketch of what is Ad Colony first? What do you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So Ad Colony is like a mobile in-app ad network. 
Uh, we have our own exchange and first-party demand funnel. So for any of our podcast listeners that you know might not be familiar with all of the many three-letter acronyms of digital advertising, you know, DSPs, SSPs, MMPs, et cetera, um, oh, the yeah. simplest way to characterize what we do is that we're an intermediary between advertisers and publishers, and we facilitate the buying and delivery of uh, in-app advertising inventory. So if you're an advertiser, we use our proprietary software technology to purchase and serve advertisements. If you're a publisher, you might have our SDK installed on your app to help monetization. Okay, so now let's uh, move to the personal data uh, collection. And how does Ad Colony collect personal data and what user privacy policies in place? Let's talk about it. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot in there. But the upfront answer, you know, that I've got to give is, is that Ad Colony prides ourselves on being a privacy first and, and privacy transparent organization. So like any ad network that exists, uh, we do collect some personal data, data that our publishers choose to share to our SDK. So our primary data collection mechanism is going to be through our SDK that we have deployed on publisher apps. The personal information that we do collect is primarily pseudonymous identifiers. So it's things like your mobile ad ID, IDFA in the case of iOS, Google Advertising ID in the case of Android. And we use that for interest-based advertising, frequency capping, analytics, a lot of the standard use cases that you would expect with you know, interest-based advertising. So you know, in terms of what are the user's privacy policies that we've got in place, there's a lot. And it's pretty nuanced and probably a little bit too lengthy to get in depth on this podcast. But the short and simple answer is that, you know, we pride ourselves in going above and beyond what's legally required. So, you know, under GDPR, it's, it's required that you have a consent-based model for collecting and processing data. Under certain other relevant, you know, industry frameworks, it might be you have to respect opt-outs. Our policy is to not try to get so hung up on, you know, what are the specific details of this or that legal legislation that we're obligated to do. Rather, it's how can we make those sorts of opt-out and consent mechanisms available globally. At the end of the day, you know, we have the utmost respect for end users' privacy policies. So we can ingest and receive opt-outs globally on our website, through our SDK, or, you know, just clicking on that little Ad Choices logo present on the advertisements we're serving. All right, got it. Now, let's give our listeners kind of a broad picture of what is the state of privacy and data collection in the mobile industry as a whole? That's a fun question. So obviously, I'm a bit biased, right? I work in privacy, but I really do believe digital privacy is the number one most important issue in the mobile advertising industry today. And I think it will continue to be so for the next five years. If we're starting from a broad picture of what's relevant, I would say every player in the industry should be thinking about, you know, regulation in terms of at least two dimensions, um, legislation and industry self-regulation. So from a legal perspective, privacy regulation, generally speaking, and, and there are some exceptions is mostly agnostic to the environment in which data is collected. It's mostly instead focused around restrictions, consent gathering, opt-out availability, you know, how the data is being collected and used, and, and to ensure that that data is being stored and passed without, you know, breach, as it's called. And, you know, that agnosticism is important 
right? Because if regulation gets too specific and too technical, um, you start to open the door to loopholes and, and the legislation becomes outdated quickly. So in, in terms of what's most relevant from a legal perspective, the most talked about pieces of legislation are going to be the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, which is kind of Europe's famous privacy legislation, we'll say. The CCPA, which is the California Consumer Privacy Act, which went into effect at the beginning of 2020, but is now being forced just the beginning of this July, and COPPA, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. So those are the big three, the biggest three, I would say, in the sort of legal compliance world. And in terms of the self-regulation world, that's the several billion dollar question, right? So for those of our listeners that might not be aware you know, the industry has been talking and speculating for quite a while, some number of years, whether Apple was going to deprecate the IDFA or the, the sort of resettable mobile advertising ID that is associated with your iPhone and is the primary piece of pseudonymous information that is used for interest-based advertising. So I would say anyone who has been putting their ear to the ground and, and works in the industry has been thinking there's going to be a change coming along. Apple's made you know pretty clear indication by the way of cookies, which is a little bit analogous to an IDFA, let's say. But the very big news that has just come out in the industry is that in late June, at Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference, WWDC, they announced in their upcoming iOS 14, you know, a bunch of different changes to how the IDFA works and what tools they're providing to add networks and, and publishers to help maintain measurement and some form of interest-based advertising. So in the sort of industry self-regulation perspective, which we need to be thinking about, it's, you know, the questions become, what are the changes that are being rolled out and how do they impact the industry? What will Apple do after these changes? Because right. history has shown that they, they take privacy progressively, which they announce, you know, small changes at a time and kind of move in the direction. And then, of course, how will Google respond? So that's kind of just a top level framework. And any of those things, I'm sure we could have an hour long podcast just discussing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's it could be a fascinating conversation knowing how serious Apple takes privacy and its commitment to, you know, throughout like pretty much any device, any platform you can think of being developed by Apple, privacy is always one of the core constituents. And yeah, it's going to be interesting how IDFA regulation change will affect the industry because right now, if you're listening to what everybody are saying, the, you know, this, the spectrum of uh, opinion is all over the place from, you know, people who are really on the side of Apple and who have been waiting for the change for a while and who are basically applauding the company for doing it to the other side of the spectrum, folks who are basically saying we're doomed, we're, we're not going to be, uh, you know, being even remotely in the same position we've been before IDFA was not they're saying it's dropped, but it's not dropped. It's just uh, it requires uh, developers to ask app users if they can use IDFA from their devices. It's not like Apple is abandoning IDFA at all. It's just you know the changing the equation, the dynamics will be different. 
And absolutely, I think you, you hit on something really important, which is, is that, you know, first of all, Apple has not announced that they're entirely deprecating the IDFA. And then secondly, starting with iOS 10, there was always the opportunity for users to opt out, right? So they could mm-hmm. go into their settings on their phone and, you know, limit their ad tracking and, and take away that IDFA from being present to, you know, any parties that might reach out to get it. So in this case, you know, what we're changing from is we're, we're shifting from an opt-out model or an opt-out model to an opt-in model, which, you know, ultimately is not entirely outside the realm of how GDPR, for example, operates in its necessary consent gathering activities. So, you know, we can talk about where we sit on the spectrum but no, I don't, I don't think it's the, the apocalypse that certain players might be making it out to be. All right. Speaking of GDPR, let's talk about what is it and uh, can you give us kind of an update of, on its adoption? Yeah, absolutely. So the short, I guess, Wikipedia level answer to the question, GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation, Regulation EU Law on Data Protection and Privacy. It deals with a bunch of stuff like transferring data inside and outside the EU, security, organizational protocols for processing of data, and a lot of stuff that frankly probably isn't too relevant to ad tech or most mobile publishers. The relevant part to ad tech is that it has some important requirements around getting consent and uh, consent gathering to process personal data, ensuring that you know you have a privacy policy that describes the data collection and processing practices, and then guaranteeing EU residents certain rights to the, the data that you're collecting. So that's kind of the 30-second overview of what it is. In terms of its adoption, wide, very, very wide. I would say I have yet to run into a large ad tech player that is at least not at least addressing GDPR and making an effort to ensure compliance. Now, obviously, GDPR is European-based regulation, but we're living in a very interconnected world, so it's kind of odd to expect that regulation like this will be only limited physically within Europe area. So do you believe it impacts tech companies' operations that are not located in Europe? So in other words, folks like you know, Facebook, Google, should they deal with their user privacy according to GDPR, should it take it into account? Absolutely. Not only should they take it into account, I would go so far as to say they, they need to take it into account. The rights afforded to residents of the EU in terms of you know their rights to privacy, consent gathering, et cetera, are just that. Their rights afforded to the residents. So it, it impacts any tech company which is gathering or being past user data coming from residents of the EU independent of their location. So, you know, in terms of what is the risk, you know, violators of GDPR may be fined up to, I believe, 20 million euros or up to 4% of annual worldwide revenue, whichever is greater um, between those two numbers. So, you know, if you can, you can go online, you can Google search the list of GDPR fines that have been made public. And the total number of fines is actually a smaller number than you might think. Most GDPR tracking websites have it sitting at about 340, I think right now, 340, 350. But the largest GDPR fine that's been made public that's relevant to digital advertising was actually handed to Google by France for 50 million euros. And you wouldn't typically think of Google 
as a European company necessarily. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, absolutely, it's, it's relevant to tech companies outside of the EU. Um, of course, in, enforcement is another thing. You know, I think the number of fines that have been made public is around the realm of 350, or at least the large ones. And I believe the number of complaints that the regulators get is six figures at, at the very least, probably, you know, several hundred thousand. So, yeah, I got the point. Are there any, any regulations, initiatives in U.S.? that are kind of in the ballpark of GDPR. You mentioned those at the beginning. Let's uh, cover them a little bit closer. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it depends on what you would, you know, describe as in the ballpark. The biggest and most relevant is going to be the California Consumer Privacy Act, which is a little bit similar, but not identical to GDPR. For one, the scope of users that it impacts is less. So California is just one state in the U.S. GDPR impacts the you know in, in entire EEA. And the California Consumer Privacy Act is an opt-out based piece of legislation. So as opposed to GDPR, which requires consent, the California Consumer Privacy Act just says that California residents have the right to opt out to the sale of their data as it's defined by CCPA. I think rather than, you know, and, and we could spend some time talking about the, the nuanced differences of CCPA and GDPR, but I think maybe even more interesting than that or more insightful than that is the fact that there are a number of other U.S. states that are in the process of either rolling out their own individual states' legislation or voting on legislation for that state. Uh, most of them are a couple years out, but it's going to be a very interesting time for individuals working in the privacy space in the U.S. because, you know, if you have to manage across you know, 12 or 13 different privacy frameworks domestically. Well, you know, that's its own fun and, and interesting challenge. Exactly. Yeah, it should be insane if you're going to have like 50 different, uh, you know, regulations that you have to comply with. No, that's, that's, that's not going to work. There's got to be one overreaching, one umbrella a ruling, like similar to what GDPR provides for Europe. Now, Let's talk about uh, app publishers. Uh, what are the best practices for having a proper data collection system for app publishers? Yeah, absolutely. So know what you're collecting and know what the partners on your app, uh, whomever they might be, you know, know what they're collecting and how they're going to use it. And then just make sure that your privacy policies and consent gathering mechanisms are aligned with that. Beyond that, I would say, stay organized and create clear org policies for how data is collected and processed. And then try to make those policies as universal as possible and stay consistent. So, you know, we, we just talked about, oh my gosh, how could you manage 13 different privacy policies in the U.S.? Mm -hmm. Well, that gets complicated very quickly. But if you take the steps to try to be a privacy first or a privacy centric organization and you try to adhere to the most privacy conservative standard of any of those frameworks and you apply that universally, um, then it's actually a lot simpler process. You know, it's, it's that many less things you have to keep track of. So I would say try to stay consistent to the most 
privacy safe standard um, for what your org policies might be. Beyond that, at a high level, I think there are three, you know, sort of privacy rules or privacy sentiments that I try to live by. And, and when I work with organizations to help them in their privacy policies, they've never let me down. And those three things are be privacy proactive rather than privacy reactive. Uh, that's one. Two mm-hmm. is privacy by design means being a data minimalist, not a data hoarder. And then three is when addressing ambiguity, start from a place of privacy conservatism and then put the looking glass to business justification for collection of data rather than the other way around. Um, And if you're starting from a place of those three things, um, I tend to find that everything else just kinds of falls in place. Gotcha. How do you personally see the current state of mobile user privacy and data collection? What do you think should be changed? Yeah, well, you know, personally, I I think the mobile industry is being presented an amazing opportunity to be better at being transparent. You know, I'm not in in the business of speculation, but anyone who works in the industry and has their ear to the ground notices that there's a sort of momentum around privacy. Don't get me wrong, the app ecosystem and by extension, the ad ecosystem is extremely complex. And, you know, of course, it exists due to the cooperation of many different partners and technologies. But, you know, at the same time, there's an important and recognized opportunity for the industry to be transparent and and perhaps even more important than that, understandable to consumers. Um, So with understanding that there's, you know, a certain sort of momentum going on, what better opportunity than now? for the industry to kind of come together, try to agree on standards, work towards something. You know, why wait the extra few months or years to kick the can down the road until you're forced to, instead of getting ahead of it and creating a healthy and transparent ecosystem now? In terms of what do I think should be changed, I think it would be very nice if like industry groups that that set industry regulations like the IAB, you know, regulators and operating system providers could get on the same page (laughs) You know, ultimately, all three of these parties are working in the same direction and towards the same ends, Mm -hmm. transparency and end user control, but they'd all be a lot more effective (laughs) if they were willing to communicate with each other so they're not, you know, just kind of stepping on each other's feet, so to speak. Gotcha, Alex. Um, Now, we're in this part of the show where I'm asking a few quick questions to the guests to kind of paint the broader picture of who he or she is. Are you iOS or Android person? Was Android until now, but I just switched to iOS and I'm very happy with it. Congrats. Do you remember your first mobile phone? I do. It was one of those Samsung like side sideways sliding phones where they had the keyboard that popped out. That was awesome. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't have that phone, but I do think I probably saw it in a TV commercial. What is your favorite app now? Uh, it's got to be Venmo. I don't even know how groups of people went to restaurants and split checks before before Venmo came along. <laughs> yeah, this is you know part of the epic system. You <laughs> once you get hooked on the on specific app, you have no idea how you, did you exist <laughs> before that app. Now let's take a quick look into the future. What app technologies are you most excited about? What is an app in ecosystem, not ecosystem, but the app technology that is kind of coming, it's on the horizon, you're waiting for it. And once it's here, it's going to make, you know, app experience for you even better. Well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty interested in the rise and availability of 
uh, day trading and and stock trading on apps. I just discovered Robinhood, which I think is a really cool app that makes it you know financial planning and investment more accessible than ever. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the the general trend of putting people's financial uh, future and in planning in their own hands in the form of an app without needing to go to a broker. I think that's so cool. So that's an exciting thing for me. All right. Now, before I let you go, how can people know more about what you do? Well, you know, for for privacy, I would say, you know, keep up with industry publications. Internet's a very good place and powerful resource. Some of it can get a little bit dry, but keeping the ear to the ground on New court rulings for GDPR, CCPA is probably the most knowledgeable way to do it. There are a number of great mobile publications put out on privacy changes by uh, Eric Schweifert as well. Gotcha, Alex. Thank you. Thanks, Eric, for your time and uh, coming out on our podcast, Alex. Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Always glad to chat. All right. Uh, That's great. Bye-bye. Bye now. And that was Alex Ricci, Product Manager of Privacy and Data at Ad Colony. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Once you subscribe, you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. See you next week. Bye. This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.